Amen. How many say every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord of Lords? Amen. How many are thankful to the Lord this morning? How many have got a sense of gratitude? How many has he done awesome stuff in their lives? Amen. Brother Brenham says we must ask for big things. I'll repeat so that those that may have missed the chance to say amen can say amen. We must ask for big things. Hallelujah. Um, I was just sharing with uh, the other believers last night. I said, uh, Pastor Chisini, he, he made me laugh. He says, uh, brothers came to church and they were at the altar because their church normally opens 24 hours. So whenever you want to pray, you can make your way to the church. Now, when they were praying at the altar, this brother was very loud in his prayer. He was asking for 200 rands. Lord, I need you 200 rands. So the other brother next to him tapped him on the shoulder and called him out. And when they got out, he just pulled out 200 rands. Say, brother, you can go home because you are making noise and I want to speak to God about real things. Uh, amen. God has answered your prayer. <laughs> amen. So when you come to God, you must come with a big bucket. You must have a, you serve a, a big God who does big things. Amen. So don't undermine him by asking small stuff. It's, a, it's an irritation to him. Amen. We thank God this morning. We are just going to turn to the scripture. Uh, Brother Gadiwa and Sister Gadiwa, are they here? Oh, there they are. God bless you. This is our family in Zimbabwe. Amen. So we welcome them. They are very good to us whenever we visit Zimbabwe. Amen. Remember, uh, we've got an invitation. Uh, I just had an invitation from Pastor Dioka. They are dedicating their tabernacle on the 10th of August in Congo. Uh, but uh, I won't be able to make it uh, uh, because it is in this, on the same weekend as the convention in Zimbabwe. So I will be in Harare on the 10th of August. Amen. So if you want to come along with me and come and enjoy Zimbabwe, speak to the trustees, and then we can see how we, you can come with me. Amen. Uh, amen. Don't be ignorant. Uh, amen. Zimbabwe is a great country with such hospitable people. Uh, whenever we go there, coming back, it is very difficult. Amen. Uh, next time when you come back from Zimbabwe, when I say that, you'll say amen, because you'll be an eyewitness. Amen. But those that have been there, they know it's a, it's a great country with the awesome believers. Amen. So if you want to see it, you are most welcome to come with me. It's an open invitation. Amen. Now, let's 
turn to our scriptures here. Let's read from Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And then let's read, I'll read verse 8. And I'll read as well verse 15. Verse 8 is written in this manner. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Amen. 15. The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Verse 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from men made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of men. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Amen. There's under the first covenant. Let's bow heads, gracious Heavenly Father. We are very much thankful this morning to be in your presence. We've heard how believers were just worshipping you. It was just a lovely atmosphere that we've just been ushered into. I don't think there could be such any demonic activity under such atmosphere. Lord, keep it this way up until the end of the service. And not only at the end of the service, but let's take this atmosphere back to our homes so that whenever we are at our homes, every family must have a revival of their own. That is my desire, and I know it is your desire, God. At this point in time, I am reporting for duty. And dear God, I know you will undertake. May you suppress my thoughts. May you suppress my reasoning capacity. Lord, there is absolutely nothing of mine that you need in the process of feeding your church. And that is why our prophet taught us many a times that God is his own interpreter. I'm not here to interpret you. I'm just available this morning as a vessel, dear God. 
a vessel that has weaknesses, but that acknowledges that there is a somebody higher than me that needs to take over this vessel and minister to your people, dear God. Let them look, not look at the veil. Let them look at the one that uses the veil. And dear God, if there is anyone in the building that is under uh, pressure of some sort, I know, dear God, you can begin to move elements that uh, you can orchestrate events that uh, an answer can come their way. Dear God, I want to report to Satan that we are not worshipping a stature. This is the great God that opened the Red Sea. This is the great God that made Pharaoh to bow down and say, let the God of Moses be served. This is the God that was there when Elijah brought the false prophets to a showdown. You never failed Elijah, dear God. Dear God, when the Hebrew children were thrown into the fire, the same God made the fire to lose the effects of the fire, and they had a fellowship in the fire. And dear God, this is the same God that put on flesh and was buried and crucified, but within 72 hours he defied death, he defied the grave, he defied hell, and he was risen. And today we know that we worship a risen God. And Lord, I know there is no situation that is beyond your control. Certain situations are created so that you can glorify your name. At this point in time, every situation is brought under the subjection of the Almighty God. I don't care how long it has been there, but at this point in time, it will dissolve in the presence of the Almighty God. Problems that were deemed insurmountable are bound to be resolved. Diseases that were deemed to be incurable, there is a mighty name of Jesus Christ that we can declare upon every medical condition and situations can be reserved, reversed. If there are people in the building, dear go, that were bound by some demonic conditions, I believe the church has got the authority this morning because God is alive in the building to shake every situation and to break the strongholds of Satan. Satan, you stand no chance. This is the invincible army of the living God. And we come against you and we bind you. And we were made a promise that if we bind something here, heaven will respond in the same manner. If we bind you here, heaven will bind you. And this morning we bind Satan. And we set free every son and daughter of God. And let heaven follow suit as well. We take the, every spirit under the control of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. Amen and amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Amen. We are happy to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So, we just have a few things to speak about. Uh, Brother Brenham mentioned in the message, the masterpiece, that when God had created Adam and had extracted Adam, uh, Eve 
from Adam and had put them in the Garden of Eden, he deemed it to be a masterpiece. Uh, God has always considered a family to be a foundation of the church, of the society as well. Now, I made a promise on Wednesday that we are going to speak on a family, uh, but mainly we are going to speak on the roles within the family. And it's quite a loaded session. Amen. How many believe that a family is important? And how many believe that the the family is under attack? Amen. Now, as we preach, we may answer certain questions uh, that come up because uh, there are certain undesirable or uncomfortable trends that are emerging, especially in the end time. Uh, somebody was asking me and said, why it seems like men are disappearing from the church environment? And we've got to answer such questions. Men are disappearing from the church environment. This morning, it's only few churches that can report a high number of men in the church uh, now men are sending their wives and their children to church. They are nowhere to be found in a church environment. Am I speaking something that you have observed? Uh, hallelujah. Then you ask yourself, what is happening? And furthermore, the male species is experiencing a, a severe identity crisis. Uh, men, and you don't need to look far, uh, in this country, every four hours, a woman is murdered. Every four hours, a woman is murdered in this country. So, it simply paints a picture that we have a crisis. We have a crisis, and half of the women that are murdered are murdered by their close partners. Hallelujah. Don't, don't be defensive, men. I'm not going to attack you this morning. Amen. We are, we are going to look into the solutions or that how, how do we resolve this issue but uh, and, and, and there's, there's many forums that are, are being established to try to find a remedy to this sketch of women abuse or femicide and I see all the forums that are constituted there they are missing a mark. None of the forums are saying, let's go back to the maker of a man. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
if the feminist moment, movement, they say maybe women are being murdered because they are dependent on, on men as providers. So if we can shift the responsibility from men and make women independent, by so doing, uh, we would have resolved the problem. Now, they are shifting that. Women are being empowered. Nothing wrong with that. However, when, when a woman is being empowered in the absence of the male character and she has children, the children have got no one else to look up to, especially the male children. Hallelujah. They end up uh, looking at the mother, whatever the mother is doing. Now you see a spike in the increase of homosexuality. Now, what society is trying to do to resolve one problem is creating another problem. So it is creating a vicious cycle. But again, I've said men are absent and we are going to get into what are the reasons. The reasons why men are absent is because churches have become weak. And the masculinity or the trade masculinity does not want to have any association with weakness. Men are daring. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, That's why they do the bungee jumping, they do skydiving. Wherever you find men, you find a risk of some sort. That is why even insurance people, when it comes to life insurance for a man, the rate is much higher. Because men has got a risky behavior. Are we together? But look, this being that is made to be aggressive by nature, that is a go-getter that goes into the bush that used to kill lions, now you want to bring it into a church environment and get a homosexual pastor to preach to this creature and get homosexual musicians to sing to this creature. Hallelujah. So a man, when he's there, he begins to have mind battles because there is nothing that he sees that associates with his character. So instead of coming to church, he sends the women and the children, then he goes hunting. He goes fishing. He goes skydiving. Are we together? We, we've got to say things for what they are. Uh, they, I hold the church responsible for whatever is happening and unfolding in the country because it has somewhat compromised or it has failed to take a stance on the role of a man and the role of a woman. Are we together? I know that uh, already you are on the edge of your seats. That where are we going? Amen. Brother Brandon says in this message, uh, the Laodicean church age, he says, if the church were truly spiritually rich, its influence would be felt upon community life. But exactly what kind of lives are these called spiritual and influential men of the community living? Do you hear what he's saying? And Brother Brenham says in one message, the church must not be isolated. They must not isolate themselves. Uh, we together. And I'll read that quotation for you. Because how will you influence them 
when you isolate yourself from them. A church, when you've got a church here in Wheatbank, the main purpose of this church, it has a greater mission than just to come together and see who's got a nice suit on Sunday. Are we together? It is here as God's agency of power to interrupt any demonic activity in this community. So that means if anyone is pressurized by any demonic force, they must say there is a church that we can go to and that church will be able to resolve our issues. Are we together? Uh, and I'm going to repeat, if, if we've got a wounded man in this society today, where does a wounded man go to? He will not go to a psychologist because list is assumed to be uh, 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 a CC. He, he will not talk to you as his wife because he wants you to think that he's got everything under control. Now, he's got things bottled up in him. Then within him, there is a turmoil. There is a storm raging. He cannot come to church because the pastor has got a weak spine as well. Hallelujah. How many believe that most of churches are led by homosexuals? How many know that musicians are dominated by homosexuals in churches? How many have seen churches being dominated by homosexual spirit, including the Catholic Church itself? So a wounded man cannot go to that environment. But why in the early stages we had more men in church than women? I mean, 12 disciples, the whole church was built, or the foundation thereof, it was men wood. Are we together? But today when you look, if most churches, can, ch women can decide, we are not going to church, most churches will close because men are not there to be found. And uh, hear me out, sisters. I do not discount the importance of a woman for, to come to church and the children to come to church. But we've come to learn the devil is not threatened by the attendance of a woman to a church. But when a man begins to make his way to church, the devil has got a problem because a man is the base of the family. The man is the head of the family. And wherever the head goes, the entire body will follow. Yes. Are you still with me? Yes. I hope you are with me. I know uh, I'm going to make some statements. Pastors love to be loved by women this time. And whatever they say, they want women to say, Pastor got it right. No. Uh, we, we are advancing and, and our role. Remember, even the scripture says, Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet. He shall turn the hearts of the children, not back to the mothers, but back to the fathers. Are we together? And if this message is the true message of Elijah, it must find the fathers. Hallelujah. And it must locate the children of the fathers. And make the fathers to be restored back to the fathers. And who are our fathers? The apostles in faith. Are, are, are we together? Uh, uh, we, we, we are going to get into this thing uh, and, 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 and you'll understand where we are going. Mena and 
maybe just to give you what happened, I've seen there are, there are similarities between uh, South Africa and United States. Uh, because somewhat, Ameri- South Africa has become the America of Africa. Amen. And the corruption of America, it has become the civilization of South Africa. Hallelujah. Yes, you look at our young men, they go around, they don't even put their trousers on the waistline. They don't know what is the waistline. Because why? They've seen American rappers dressed in that way, and they want to dress like them. Look at how your celebrities, when they speak, they, they, they use the American accent. And most of them have never been to America, but they've got an American accent. Hallelujah. Uh, so we'll get into that. So, and, and that is our country, South Africa, where it blundered most. It was to admire America and forgot who God is. Are we together? And uh, uh, do you want me to speak about these things, folks? Yes. Brother Brandon was in this country. He had a discernment. In, in Durban, 200,000 people attended the meetings, excluding other cities. He goes to America. He says, I was there. I never picked up even a single case of sexual transmitted diseases during the discernment. He says, I come to America. It is just a case after a case that involves sexual transmitted disease. That was in 1951. Today, South Africa leads the world in terms of the highest rate of HIV incidence. We've got, a, we are the first, we've got the fastest rate of new HIV infections than any other country in the world. We lead the whole of sub-Saharan Africa. So the question is, what went wrong? Something went wrong. Are we together? And uh, do you allow me to preach? I think maybe so that you cannot be sued, let me put a disclaimer to my sermon. I'm responsible for this sermon. This church is not responsible for it. If there is any legal implications, I will be personally accountable for it. Hallelujah. Uh, You all love Desmond Tutu. But Desmond Tutu, oh, Brother Brenham used to say, Elvis Presley is the modern day Judas Iscariot. And I'm saying Desmond Tutu is the modern day Judas Iscariot in this country. Oh, Yes, I know you love him. This is the man that was, when, when they were busy uh, formulating the constitution of the country. Hear me out. There are certain things that are untraditional. The king is here. He would know. There are certain things, even before we get to the Bible, they are untraditional. Homosexuality, even without getting into the Bible, it is un-African. Hallelujah. It is un-African. But here you've got a religious man, despite knowing the scriptures. He comes around, he says, if heaven hates homosexuals, I would rather not go to such heaven. Hallelujah. 
And these are the people that were entrusted to formulate laws, to advise the government. Now you see the chaos that we have, and the people are afraid to pinpoint where the problem went wrong. Our Bible, the Bible has been taken out of schools. We used to have assemblies, but we don't have assemblies anymore. And what is happening? Gun, it's, we have come, become a violent society. What happened? And it is quite uh, uh, ironic that you've got a, a, a child. You say, that this child, he must never be given the Bible. But later when he grows up, when he's in prison, you encourage pastors to say, bring more Bibles in the prison. Are you still with me, people? And we are going to talk. A man that was deemed to be very uh, intelligent in the 20th century, Einstein, he says, you cannot solve the problems at the same level at which they were created. Are we together? And the problem is that at the level at which we have created societal problems, it is at the same level that we want to resolve them, and it is not working. What does it mean? We need to go step higher. And where is the step higher? God is the step higher. Hallelujah. We need to restore godly order in the family. We need to restore godly order in the church. We need to restore godly order in the society. And we are looking for a church that is not afraid to take a stance for the word of God in the end time. Are you together? Are you with me? All right. Now, in America, immediately when they were going for World War II, just before they could go into war, there was a spike in the number of marriages that were taking place. It was mainly driven by the fact that some men were not sure whether they would go into war and come back alive. It was driven by the fact that some thought if we marry, maybe if you are a family man, you may not be forced to go to war. Now there was a, a spike in marriages. Now when all men had gone to war, now there was a shortage of men to do what men used to do. Now, that role, meaning in the factory, because if men are out there fighting in the battle, you need the factory to produce uh, bullets. Now, if men are not available there, women were hired to fill roles that have been left vacant by the men. Now, when they were absorbed, remember, a traditional way has always been a man is a provider. He goes out to work. He makes a provision to the family. That is what had satisfied a man all the way until before the 21st century. Now, the man used to get a joy from that. A woman used to raise the children. Are we together? I know some, there's a huge battle in somebody's mind. Relax. Somewhere I'm going. Relax. Amen. Now, it, it, it was in that man. That was the arrangement or the setup for a family. Now, 
when men had gone to war and now women were now absorbed into jobs that were left vacant by men. Now, immediately after war was over, a man that had gone to war was now returning back home, but the woman was not at home. The woman was at work. Are we together? A man that used to provide for the woman and get the joy of being a provider, now he came home, the woman provided. And now the man, what he used to get a joy from, is no longer there. Because what he used to bring on the table, a woman could bring double as much. Now, there was a a collusion of roles. Now, the man, what he used to think is being a man, had now been redefined by a change in an environment. He does not know how to be a man anymore. Don't look at me like uh, it's a strange thing, brothers. You know when a woman ends more than you, some you've got a problem. And the reality of the matter is that uh, the chances today your wife will earn more than you are earning. The chances today your woman, uh, you used to get a joy that you could buy her a car, but now she's got two cars. You used to get a joy that I need to provide a shelter, but now she's got three houses, another one is renting out. So what you used to give you, what you think used to give you a role and authority of being a man is no longer existent anymore. And now the society is putting pressure on women and say, you have been oppressed for far too long. These men got away with a lot. Now the feminist movement are beginning to say, we don't need men. A man is a trash. Uh, Are you with me, people? Now, there is this onslaught on a male. Wherever he goes, this side, you are a trash. This side, the employer says, we cannot keep you anymore. We've got to retrench. Hallelujah. And, and with the numbers, they've got to let the men go first because they need still to fulfill their legislation in terms of the obligation of having women represented in the company. Are we together? Now you've got a man that is unemployed, is living, and this man, he's bleeding. He cannot go to church because at church, uh, 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 at church, the woman has taken over. She's a preacher. Are we together? Uh, hallelujah. But when the man looks at here, it does not exist. Now, this man feels overwhelmed. When I go to church, I'm not good enough. When I go to work, I'm not good enough. When I go to the society, I'm not good enough. Because the society judges you based on the car that you drive. Based on the house that you stay in then they can begin to accord you a certain level of respect. Even churches are guilty of that as well. Are you, are you with me here? Now, this, now, you've got this man, but despite a changing environment, in him, the attributes of being a man are still there. He's got to lead. He's got to provide. That thing is, is still working on him because nature does not stop. Now, you've got this man that is disillusioned. 
with a raging storm inside. And later, he's unemployed, married, the wife is the provider, and the wife begins to say, I don't think we can continue anymore. You are wasting my time. And the man says, but sometimes I do odd jobs. says, even the jobs that you do does not even cover petrol to take the children to school. He cannot go to a psychologist, cannot go to church. He's got a storm raging. And this man, without the Holy Ghost, he's a violent animal. Because you take the Holy Ghost out of a man, you dropped my, my speaker here, With, without the Holy Ghost, this, this man, Brother Bramsey, he goes lower than an animal. Now, he's got a gun. I'm painting a picture here. He has nowhere else to go. And we're not condoning violence. We'll get into solutions. We're still painting a problem here. He's got a gun. He feels insufficient. His ego is bruised. His self-esteem is compromised. He doesn't see the need to live anymore. But yet, he the society has taught him, you cannot cry. You are a man. The society told him, you cannot go for counseling because it is for sissies. He, he's he awake in the middle of the night. He's trying to balance this and that. Things are not coming together. Then he's sinking into depression. And when you sink into depression, a small problems now get escalated. If he owes Edgar's, now he thinks he owes even the treasury. Things are now, in his mind, broadened. He's got no outlet where he can go. But inside, there is a storm raging. Not long, he shoots the wife, he shoots the children, he shoots himself, he's gone. Instead of going to look for the problem, then we go on a media campaign. Men are trash, forgetting that there are others that are going through what this man has gone through. But we're not providing solution. We are condemning that one, and they as well feel, where can we go? But I'm glad there is a message. I'm glad God has restored the message that will give an answer to every situation that we meet in the end time. And maybe if I get there, let me say to you, there is a possibility. You've got to get to a point where you know there is a, there is a possibility to be a happy man and have a happy wife and raise happy children and serve God who is happy about you. I'll repeat so that it sinks in. In this changing, ever-changing environment, there is a God that does not change. There is a God that still honors his weight. There is a God that still backs up his weight. All we've got to do, we've got to return back to his weight. Are you together? Hear me out, mean. There is plenty of jobs, not in the South African economy, but in the heavenly economy. The economy of South Africa is shrinking, but the economy of heaven is not shrinking. And furthermore, in the economy of God, 
there is enough power to create the kind of woman that can make us to be the right kind of men. Oh, are you with me? If your wife is not worshipping, there is enough power. If your faith was enough to save you, it is enough to save your household. Are we together? All we've got to do is to return back a man to his position. Hear me out, sisters. Hear me out. Uh, the other time I had another woman, I was passing somewhere, says, me, I don't need a man. I don't care. Then I asked her, I said, what happens when in the two, around 2 o'clock in the morning, your child is very sick and you need to go and get the car in the garage and drive the, the baby to the hospital? Then it hit her right there and realized that, goodness, there is a role of a man. Are you a sister? When there is a knock, when there is a knock at 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't care how husky your voice is, sister. You need somebody that is well-boned, somebody that has got a husky voice that can ask who's there. Hallelujah. Either that man is your husband or your father. But a man is an important uh, component in the kingdom of God. Can holy sisters say amen to that? Hallelujah. Amen. We'll get into that. Are you still with me? Brother Brenham says, or before I get to what the prophet says, the battles that men come across. Questions like, am I acceptable as a man? Will I be seen as less than a man if, if you can put whatever? Will I be seen as a man if I lose my job? Will I be seen as a man if I don't bring enough income? Will she like the kind of man that I am? Am I getting right as a father? Am I mainly enough? Because with this ever-changing environment, the devil begins to instill in a man, you are not man enough. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. I've even say, heard women, even in the message, telling, say, he's got to man up. What does it mean, sister, to man up? What does it mean? Okay. He's got to provide. That's the part of being men up. But how do we help him to provide? How do we create an environment that makes him to thrive as a provider? Are you with me? Bring up this scripture, First Timothy 2 verse 8. Don't read it there. We're going to read it all on the screen. Amen. It saves time for those that may look for Timothy in the Old Testament. 
Amen. All right. So, brothers, you can help us there. Shall we read it together? I need a... Uh, why doesn't it look like mine? That is three, is not two. How long the service will last will depend on how fast the brothers are. <laughs> Amen. Let's read it together. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Isn't the beautiful remedy? Yes. At workplaces, the men must pray. Yes. At home, the men must pray. Yes. In church, the men must pray. Everywhere where you find a man, then you must know there is a praying man. Because they will pray everywhere. What happens if men don't pray anymore? Then we end up having problems that we are seeing today. Are you with me? I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands. Without wrath and doubting. Hallelujah. But what brings, what makes them not to, because if a man does not pray, hallelujah, if a man does not, his hands are not holy, and they are not lifted up, and is not praying, those hands will be lifted up to beat a woman. Because there is wrath and there is doubting. A man doubts who he is, then he's got to remind you, I am a man, and do things to prove that he's a man, and he end up doing wrong things. Amen. Do you believe that this is a recipe? Yes. Hallelujah. This, brothers, in your homes, you've got to pray. Your family has got to know this is a man of prayer. We can depend on his prayers. What does Brother Brahman say about prayer? He says, prayer sweetens your temper. A man is angry today because a man does not pray. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? All right. Let's bring 1 Timothy still, chapter 5, verse 8. At this one, we were going to read it. It's only brothers that will read this one. So you'll just say amen, beg them up. Hear me out. Remember, your wife is your helpmate. And you are the only... That is why I'm very careful as a pastor not to be very prescriptive of what happens in, in houses of people. Because how your wife helps you depends on the kind of help that you need. Are we together? You are the one that needs what type of help because you are responsible for your own wife. So I'm not going to carry a blanket approach and say, women must not work. No, no, no. There's a balance to that. You remember when brothers used to say, women must not work. And even pastors say, I will never accept a tithe from a woman. It's unscriptural. 
But later now they are accepting them, but and they've never apologized. You know why I'm saying that? I was raised by a single mother. Had she, if she was not working, I wouldn't be speaking to the English that I'm speaking to you now. Amen. Behind this, there is a working mother that sacrificed, woke up in the morning to make sure that I get a good education, to make sure that we are the shelter over our house. Our father died when we were still very young. At the age of 14, he died. Stroke. Seven days in the hospital, gone. Now you've got a mother. So had that scripture been misapplied in my home, I say, pastors, it's fine. You can preach and say, women must not work, but you must go further. Say, don't work, but if your husband dies, the church will take care of you. Shall we read it together? Do you see how we need to balance things? Verse 8, but if any man, if, I just saw a man there. <laughs> thou shall not add, thou shall not take from the book. I repent. <laughs> Amen. Shall we read it together, folks? But if any provide not for his own, oh, I was not wrong. His own, not her own. <laughs> At least there was a comeback. Amen. If any provide not for his own. Brothers, it does not mean, it is not prescriptive how you provide. Uh, I mean, I was just watching Brother Mambe here from Zimbabwe came here, did not complain. Just looked for a spot, pitched a place there, began to sell uh, food to the working people around that area, later on opened a panel beating, providing. But uh, how many men did he find here in South Africa? Who are South Africans? Who are still marching in La Paitlala Negashi? Closing rows and say, we need jobs even without qualification. But here's a man, he came and said, I need to provide for my family. Are we together? And men hear me out. For every problem that the society has, there is an opportunity on that, through that problem for a man to provide for his own family. You cannot, as a man, you are in Wheat Bank, you complain like everybody else. Oh, the municipality, the water is dirty. Why don't you bottle water and give the community bottled water? Are we together? And we, we need to, to get out of this mind. The government is not mandated to provide. You, as a man, you are mandated to provide. And when your wife needs a plate of food on the table, you cannot say, Mr. Cyril Ramaphosa has not provided. She's not married to Cyril. She's married to you. I'm trying to get to make that entitlement mentality to go. Brothers in diaspora, they've got no problem. Our brothers in South Africa are lazy. Very lazy. 
a guy is not working, and you tell him that, but listen, why don't you go to spare cappuccino and be a waiter? And what will the people say? But the brothers from Diaspora, I mean, I look at Brother Dal, he's not here. He came here, he was a, a waiter at uh, Cappuccino. He moved from Cappuccino to Spain. Now he's finding a solid job that he's doing at Kusile. He bought himself a beautiful car. This is a man that is going somewhere. This is a man that needs to be helped. He needs a helpmate. But if you are sleeping and you love sleeping, you don't need a helpmate. And there is a formula. Not every man deserves to have a wife. It doesn't mean that when you put trousers there for, you deserve to have a wife. It doesn't mean if we baptize you, you deserve to have a wife. Three things that must happen. You must be in God's presence. A man must be a worshiper. Secondly, he needs to till the ground. He must work. And therefore, we give such a woman. And he can say, this is the bone of my bones. If something is missing there, then we end up, the parents of the men end up being the husband to the poor wife because they provide for her. And there is no way, a quicker way, for your in-laws to undermine your authority than for them to provide for their daughter while she is married to you. And some men don't get married because they are afraid of responsibility. I asked another one, when are you getting married? He says, hey, pastor, stress. I say, who told you stress? <laughs> who told you stress? I said, these are fairy tales that bachelors share with together. Uh, if you are not married, it's good to be married. When you are not married, you come home you need to sort out yourself with your leftovers from... We that are married, when we walk in, they say tea or coffee. <laughs> How many say it's good to be married? Amen. You know how the devil can take things that are meant to be a blessing and make us to ridicule the blessings of God? Amen. This thing that a woman is troublesome is the Rastafarian religion. Is not the word of God. The word of God says through the prophet messenger, the best thing that God can give to a man outside salvation is a woman. This, I, I don't want you young men to buy these stories that are going around that God created a man, there was peace, he created a woman, there were trouble. That's a bunch of nonsense. Yes, she fell, but for a purpose. We would have never been known that he's a redeemer unless that happened. It was by God's design. It's not to build a masculine religion around it in the degradation of women. Okay, but if any man provide not for his own, uh, it is not being read properly with the zest and zeal that I expect. But if any, if any provide not for his own, it's your children. You need to provide for them. And brothers, I need to speak to you one, without the sisters if they have closed their eyes, the ears. Even if the sister was to leave you, 
you are still obligated to your children because they are your own. You don't stop doing your responsibilities because a woman does not keep you happy. Can I get an amen? Amen. But if any provide not for his own, we need all men. And especially for those of his own house. What does it mean? Not his father's house. His own house. So that means you've got to have a place that you call, this is my own. And in that place, your law must be established. Because God is going to hold you accountable. You cannot be a father or a husband in your father's house. Any man that still stays with his parents, he's still being raised. He does not qualify to be a husband. Are you here, people? Isn't what Brother Brandon said? He said, I will ask three questions. Have you been married before? No. Have you got a, are, you, are you able to provide for her? Yes. Have you got a place where you need to take her to? After you are married, those are three questions you'll find them in the message, choosing the bride. This nonsense that I see in the end time where young men with beards, they even get married and stay with their father, it is absolutely unscriptural. I was preaching in a certain wedding after I saw there was a bit of murmuring and say, what do you mean? I mean what I meant. And we don't say find a fancy place. Even if you were to put a shack, but as long as that shack, we know that that is Mr. So-and-so that stays in that shack. And you can be able to establish laws in that shack and say, here, and you speak like Joshua, I and my house shall serve the Lord. Uh, 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 Are we here? In this church, it is unacceptable for a man not to work. Absolutely unacceptable. Are we together? And I say, don't work fancy. I've given a brother a few examples of brothers. When they did something, God met them halfway. Hallelujah. And especially for those of his own house. Hallelujah. And I wondered why is the Bible continuing to emphasize his house, his own, especially for his own house. That means, that means, before money leaves to go to your family, your wife has got to know. Amen have disappeared. Yes, you can help your sister, but provided that you have spoken to your wife, that, honey, can we help them? And uh, it would be great that uh, when you help, she's the one that will call your sister and say, I understand you called your brother. You are looking for 500 rands. 
I will deposit it. It sends a message that this brother does not do things on his own. He checks with the wife. Because if you give your sister money without consulting with the wife, she gets to the point where she undermines your wife. Many marriages are under pressure because men cannot manage their own family members. Many men have married wives not for themselves, but for their families. My wife is not, I have not married my wife for my wife, for my mother. My mother cannot issue instructions to my, to my wife. Absolutely, she needs to come through me. Are we together? And we need men that can protect their wives even from their own mothers. Because some mother-in-laws are monsters, to be honest, for what you They, yes, they create high blood pressure for the, for, the, for the bride. Are we together? A man is spineless, but he's my mother. What can I do? You are a man. For you shall leave your mother and father and shall cleave unto her. Is it that scripture, folks? We will start reading the scripture again. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. There are brothers that drunkards are better than them. Because why? They don't provide. Brother Mpanyana would know and some deacons would know. Sometimes you go to a place, there is a matter in the family, and we go there, we get there, we say to the wife, but why don't you listen to your husband? And the wife say, ask him when was the last time he bought me shoes. And we look at the man. He says, he's saying I must not wear in this way. To ask him when was the last time he bought me, he, he bought me a dress. Brother, when was the last time? Then he looks down. If you want your wife to dress in a certain way, you've got to provide for her to dress in a certain way. You cannot make a law and not make a provision for your law to be kept. It's getting warmer. You see, we don't want to create a wishy-washy church. We don't want, we want men to know with the sisters, I'm still coming, don't worry. (laughs) To put things positionally. Amen. You remember we started with Melchizedek? Who's Melchizedek? The order of Melchizedek, Godhead. Now we are coming to marriage to put things in a family order. Amen. Will you still love me once I'm done? Amen. Amen. So he's worse than an infidel. Infidel is an unbeliever. A heathen. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Now, let's come to this one, brother. Corinthians. I would love this one, maybe if we can jump in onto the amplified version, just to get the sense from Amplified. 
if I'm not happy of it, we'll just come back to King James. First Corinthians 13, from verse 4. Does it help, folks? Yes. Amen. It looks like it helps only three. Does it help, folks? Yes. Amen. Okay, there we go. Let's read it together. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Amen. Love is not impatient. Love, the moment you speak about patience, patience, it tells you that there will be certain things that may make you impatient, but you end up being patient. Are we together? That means when we get married, we are not marrying angels. We are marrying human beings with some faults, with some imperfections. But the love, if it is a genuine love, will be patient and kind. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious. No boils over with jealousy. There is a difference between loving somebody and being possessive about somebody. What leads to the femicide is possession. Are we together? A jealousy man is a dangerous man. Are we together? And a, and a lot of time what creates jealousy is because of poor self-esteem. Are we together? If you, if you know that for this woman, I'm the best that I can be for her, then you, why, are you, why are you afraid? Some men will even trace a woman by phone. If he hears the background noise, who, who's checking there behind I'm talking realities here. Are we together? Then you check that it is now becoming unhealthy. It is becoming possessive. Are you with me? Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. Five. Verse five. Has it jumped? It is not conceited. Arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude. Which means unmannerly. Does not act unbecomingly. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. That means in marriage there's going to be compromises from the brother and from the sister. 
if you're going to be right on all things, it will put your marriage under strain. Are we together? Yes, at some point in time as a man, you need to make a concession. And I think the greatest thing that we need to teach for men is the ability to say, I'm sorry. Most men cannot say, I'm sorry. Instead of apologizing, they buy a new dress. That's not an apology. That's avoiding an apology. You know what I'm talking about. It's like parents, I mean, we, I had an aunt the other time who was still very young. She was a medical nurse, and she had displayed her pills. And to her, she just said, because we were toddlers, we must have consumed them. She demanded them, and we couldn't provide them. Then she really dealt with us. And after an hour or so, then she came across the pills. But instead of coming to us to apologize, uh, she went and gave us money and said, go and buy a cold drink. That's not an apology. Apology is to say, I'm sorry. A parent must say, we, we live in a generation where a husband must be able to say to the wife, I'm sorry. And the wife must be able to say to the husband, I'm sorry. And the church must be able to say to the pastor, I'm sorry. And the pastor must be able to say to the church, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's a missing phrase in our generation. Are you still with me? For it is not self-seeking. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It, ta- it, pay- it takes no account to the evil done to it. That's why when you love a woman, what you can forgive, the next man cannot forgive. Because he doesn't love that woman. Are we together? All of us, when we are sitting here, we look at what Adam did because he was not deceived. He actually committed an act with the serpent. If it was to be done by a lot of men, a lot of men were going to check out of that marriage and say, I'm done. But because he loved Eve, he decided that I'm going to be part of this mess. Some people, if it was our generation, they would say, something has gone wrong with this man. But love constrained him to do things in that manner. And that is why I don't buy the story that a man can say, I want to leave my wife. This is what she's done. This is what she's done. Because love takes no account of evil done to it. In marriage, we don't go into marriage with a notebook where we jot down in 1964, that's what she did. In 1979, that's what she did. And a lot of marriages, even in the message, they document those things. And when there is pressure in marriage, somebody explodes and says, you have always done it like that way. But why? We spoke about it 10 years ago, and you said you forgave me. Why is it rising now? The inability to forgive destroys many marriages. Are you still with me? Okay. Another one, six, let's see. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. But rejoices when right and truth prevail. When there is an injustice in marriage, 
it creates unhappiness. When there is unrighteousness, marriage vows being broken, it creates unrighteousness and it puts a strain on marriage. But when everything is right, love rejoices and the truth prevails. Let's see what is more. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Then we stand there and say, in sicknesses and health, in poverty and riches. But when the moment of truth comes and the employer tells him that, listen, we are, we are retrenching. And he comes home with a letter and say, there is no job anymore. And let me tell you something, sisters. Don't panic. Whenever a man brings a situation that he's not having a solution to, you panic. You actually destroy him. But when you relax and say, listen, no, I know it will be sorted out. Don't worry, honey. Uh, we will going to pray about it. It makes a man to relax. And the right time to make him a, his favorite meal, it is when he brings bad news. And you say, we know you're going to figure it out. But if you say, what did you do? Why did they just let you go? You are destroying a man. And any marriage will go through some difficulty. Including the pastor's one. Every marriage. I said, including the prophet's one. Brother, sister, media. The Billy, uh, uh, Joseph comes back from school. He, he mentions a, a swear word. And Brother Brenham, where the sister Stamida is very upset. He wants to discipline Joseph. Joseph runs to Brother Brenham. He goes there and says, Daddy, forgive me. And Brother said, I could see the young boy manage. I say, Daddy was not going to punish you, but repentance must have fruits. And Sister Mida got upset and said, you are spoiling the child. And that's when she moved out of the house and banged to the door. The prophet's wife. Then you think your wife will be much better. <laughs> the prophet's wife banged to the door. And later, she developed a cancer. A growth. And when he, she developed the growth, they knew that it was because, Brother Bram, when he was washing the car, the Holy Spirit told him and said, for what she did, the, the Holy Spirit was not pleased. That's why when we interact in the family, we must not forget that there is a God in the family. And when she grieved God, she developed that growth. But look what the prophet did. Had it been some brothers, they would have gone before God and said, thank God you are proving who is a man. <laughs> and he would have even told the wife and said, I am a man of God. When you speak to me, you must be careful of your way. But not to this prophet. He goes down on prayer and says, oh God, she is a wonderful wife. I am hardly at home. She is both a father and mother to our children. 
She irons my clothes. I come from the hunting trip, going to the meeting, coming from the meeting to back to the hunting trip. She has never complained. On the basis of this, may you heal her before the doctor's hand touches her. Let her be whole. When she got there, the doctor said, it is no more there. What happened? The husband did not blame. The husband went down on their knees. Let your men pray wherever they are. Are you here, brethren? It in okay. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Sisters, you can join us, I think, since we left you somewhere. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. This is agapo. It's not filial. Verse 8. Love never fails. Hallelujah. As for prophecy and the gift, I think we can leave it like that. I think you got the gist of the scripture. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Now, brother, bring Ephesians 5, verse 22. This one we can revert back to the King James Version. Okay. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. This is the sisters only that will read with me. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord, including unmarried one, because God has got a man somewhere for you. Submission. Verse 23. Let's read it together. This is for the brothers. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. You are the head of your wife. Verse 24. Therefore, as the church, we'll read this as church. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ. Now, this one will be read only by sisters. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Hallelujah. Can we repeat in every? Amen. I don't know whether we have got more men in this church than women. It looks like I hear more men when they read. Amen. But if we've got more men, it's a healthy church. Amen. In everything. Not in some things, but in everything. Are we together? A good wife would listen to her husband. And be subject unto her own husband. 
And it never mentioned that provided. There's no condition. Provided he is rich. Provided he is employed. It just said in everything. Are we together? Now, however, if the husband forces you to do something that is against the scripture, then that does not apply. Did you hear me? Uh, you cannot dr- take this and the husband say, we're going to go drink. And he say, no, I must listen to my husband in everything. Remember, you listen to him in everything as long as he's got a head. And a headless man has got no right to be a head. You cannot quote this scripture because a head, you must be under the headship of Christ for the wife to be under your headship. Ooh, stay with me, you'll see something here. And uh, sisters, hear me out. A man can only love what is above him and what serves him. And he fights what is at his level. Some missed it. (laughs) A man can only serve what is above him and can only appreciate what serves him. Anything that is at his level, he destroys. So that means you must be under your husband. If you're on the same level, no wonder you will fight constantly. When God gave you and said you shall be the wife, that's why no woman is compelled to be married to any man. It must be her own choice. A pastor cannot dictate to a sister who she gets married to. Deacons cannot do that. The church cannot do that. It's only the sister, after she has consulted with God, she makes an independent decision that this man shall be my head. Because after you have done the choosing, you've got to do the submission. And it would be unfair for you to submit to what you have not chosen. That's why we say, choose him. And when you have chosen him, don't come back after a while and you say, I cannot submit anymore because he is not tall. You made your own choice. It does not say if he is tall or is short. It says you will submit unto him as long as you have chosen him to be the headship. That's why on a wedding day, we put the veil. But Abraham says the veil represents she does not have the headship. She is coming under the headship. I hear sisters. And we're going to come there. Debating with a man, you're wasting your time. You're going to create a series of health issues for yourself. There is a wise way to deal with a male character. No woman has ever debated with a man ever won. Either he withdraws, and if he's not an unbeliever, or if he's an unbeliever, he moves out. And a man in our generation we've seen, he can move from a very big house and go and stay in a shack. Let's read another scripture for you, sisters. Proverbs 25, verse 24. I would need it with Amplified. 
Proverbs 25, verse 24. Sisters, let's read it together. It is better to dwell in the corner of the house, house top than to share a house with a disagreeing, quarrelsome, and scolding woman. Let's read it together. I just explained he'd rather go and stay in a shack than to come home and everything you disagree. And some women would, if a brother says, I think we need to do this, he, she never thought about it. Just for the mere fact that he mentioned he wants to come with an opposing view. No, I think we need to do it differently. Just to be disagreeable. Quarrelsome and scolding woman. The man would rather go and stay on the corner of a house shop and say, I'd rather stay here than stay with a quarrelsome woman. Noise disorientate a man. Contentions disorientate a man. It's not only one scripture. We've got a couple. Proverbs 21, verse 19, brother. And remember, we are reading from Solomon, a man that had a very experience because he had a thousand women. Verse 21, verse 19. Sisters, come again. It is better to dwell in a desert land than with a contentious woman and with vexation. It is better to dwell in a desert land than with a contentious woman. Brother can say, I, I'm not, the other time I, I gave a man a lift and I was going somewhere, I said, no, I'm not in a hurry. I can actually drop you at your house. He says, I'm not going home. <laughs> Drop me elsewhere, but not yet home. Then I realized that there is a problem here. I, I just said to the man, I say, I understand. <laughs> and I dropped him at a different place. Because it is better to dwell in the desert land than to stay with a contentious woman. A woman who's obsessed with being right on everything. A woman that cannot be corrected. We have such, even in the message. The best gift that a man can give me as a pastor is not a new suit, is to love his wife. The best gift that a sister can do for me is not to cook for me, is to respect her own husband. When I see a husband loving the wife, it gives me joy. It tells me that the ministry is working. If the sister respects the husband, it tells me the ministry is working. Are we together? This, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the word be established. There is another one. Proverbs 27, verse 15. A 
a continual dripping on a day of violent showers and, con- and a contagious woman are alike. That's the scripture. Solomon says, give me wisdom. There is the wisdom. Let's read it together. Can you stay in a house that is leaking on a violent where there is a storm and it's a, the roof is leaking? What do you do? So, sister, when you become contentious, you are driving him away. And actually, I've got quotations where Brother Bram says he, he has a way that he says sisters can welcome their husbands home when they are coming back from work. I don't know whether it will work for this generation. He says they meet the husband at the door, and right there, then they welcome the husband. Then they bring the, uh, 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 the water, uh, and they wash the feet of the husband. And the only husbands in our time where they experience foot washing is when we brothers are washing you during communion. How many enjoy foot washing? Food washing is very nice. When somebody washes you and washes your fingers, it's very nice. Brother Bram said it can work. Feet washing can work in the home. But how will it work when he comes from work? He's stressed by the boss. He's under severe pressure. He comes by the door. You've got your, your hands around your waist and you are shouting at, her, at him. It is disorientating a man. Brother Brenham say a, man, a woman can achieve more than what a preacher can achieve on the platform on her knees. When a woman does not pray, she becomes contentious. Brother Brenham says in the message question and answers, 769, If a family ever loses its respect for the family, the children lose the respect to the parent, that family is torn to pieces. If a church ever loses respect for its pastor, that church is gone. If a nation ever loses their respect for the Supreme Court, its decision, that nation is gone to pieces. So that means in the family, when the family loses respect for the father, that family is gone. Amen. Let's just get a scripture that really captures where I close what a man is going through in our generation. I need brothers to read this scripture with me. Psalm 62 verse 3 Maybe just give me a king, uh, an amplified one first. Psalm 62, verse 3. Let's read it together. This is what a, a man in our generation is going through. How long will you set upon a man that you may slay him? All of you, like a leaning wall, 
like a tottering fence. Another one. They only consulted to cast him down from his height. Feminist movement. Men are trash. Yes, we've got those that are trash. But what are we doing about the men, the boy child that is growing? They delight in his lies. When a man has told a lie, everybody says, we, we knew it. So it's a matter of time. They bless with their mouths. They curse inwardly. They can tell him we appreciate you. But when it comes to deeds, there are no way to be found. Verse 5. My soul wait only upon God. And silently submit it to him. For my hope and expectation are from him. The only answer for a man is God. Brother, keep on running. I'll tell you where to stop. He only is my rock and my salvation. Not the government, brother. Not an AA meeting. Not a support group. He only is your rock and your salvation. He is my defense and my fortress. I shall not be moved. That's your stand as a man. When you go by this, a lot will fall into place. By so doing, I'm closing here. God bless you, Rich.
Amen. Father, we adore you. We lay our lives before you.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Appreciate yourself an unchanging God in an ever-changing world.
Brother Chetje, as you come, Brother Gadiwa has got a flu. He doesn't have a voice this morning. Amen. Let's keep on singing it. sung be still and know that I am God amen the word may have come vocally amen with the sound of the speakers but behind that there's a still small voice amen remember Elijah in the camp and Elijah wanted a, a sign and the thunder came out and and it roared amen and the lightning and all the noises of the whirlwinds amen of the Chatter and chatter, amen, of the denominational noise, amen. But there was no help there. But amen, when there was a still small voice like we have sung this morning, be still and know that I am God this morning, amen. Yes. Remember when the prophet had said, when, 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 when the church was in trouble, amen, and and, and, the, and the money was running out, amen, and a, a little sister just uh, amen. Just offered an entire house, amen, to the church, amen. And the prophet stands behind the pulpit, amen, and he just almost weeps and he says, To me personally, that's bride material, amen. Mm. And that same still small voice echoes this morning, amen, that we want to ask ourselves, Lord, help me to be bride material this morning, amen. The still small voices come and cut, amen, right to the intents of the bone, amen, and discern the very intents of the heart this morning, amen. Just not an ordinary sermon, amen, to stay up the emotions this morning, amen, but it is a life giving sermon amen it is nutrition amen it is rupturing fate this morning amen 
might not be in the noise, amen. Not, might, might not be in the whirlwind, amen. But it's a still small voice. And how many want to say, Lord, I, I may have sharp corners that need to be uh, just hewn down, amen. I have areas in my life that I need to personally take care of this morning, amen. I'm saying, let this word be born in me this morning. Amen. I'm saying, Lord, help me to be that husband. Amen. Help me to be that bride material of a wife. Amen. Help me to be that future bride. Amen. Help me to be that future husband. Amen. That will go up in the rapture. Amen. With my children. Amen. That will go up in the rapture with my brother and my sister. Amen. With my husband and my wife. Help me this morning. Amen. And if that's a desire in our hearts, amen, we say, Lord, help me. This, this thing is real, amen. Yes. Everything else is false and it falls right before our own eyes, amen. But this is real, amen. The message of the truth of the hour is the only thing that we have this morning, church. It's the only thing that we could lay our entire souls on this morning, amen. Here's this message, amen. Here's this message that I've even come this morning, amen. Uh, echoing, amen, of the seventh thunder voice, amen. Yes. And echoing, amen, of the seals that has been opened, amen. The seals have not been opened, amen, in a denominational church, amen, or some speech. Amen. This morning, that's motivational. Amen. But it's echoing this morning because it has produced life and it is bringing real life. Amen. Yeah. And there's results. Amen. Of brothers and sisters. Amen. That are loving godly and true. Amen. Mm. That are expressing. Amen. This message. Amen. As a final voice. Amen. In this hour, and we're just thankful. We can just say, Lord, help me, precious. Heavenly Father, dear God, Lord, we stand in need, Father. Lord, as we even look at you, we were told about your, your prophet's wife, dear God. How being a prophet's wife, witnessing, Lord, Father, supernatural, that we cannot even, Lord, identify to that uh, element of stage, Father, the experiences that she had, oh God, that she cannot even tell anyone, Father. And yet with that human, Lord, ability, Father, she had failed. And Father, Lord, how many of us have even failed this morning, dear Lord Jesus. But this morning, Father, I'm sure there's so many, Father, Lord, husbands and wives that want to say, Lord, we want to make it right with you, Father. We, we don't want to even go out of this building holding those type of grudges, amen, holding those type of ungodly, amen, ways that we had lived in our marital life, amen. Uh, we just want to say, Lord, we just surrender it, Lord, knowing that the token, knowing that the blood, knowing that the altar, amen, knowing that the high priest, amen, can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We may not be sick in the body, but may somebody be sick spiritually in the soul, amen. They've been battered in their lives, amen battered in their, in their relationships, amen, by the voice of the satanic Babylon, amen, preaching and just putting them out of position this morning, amen. But they want to say, Lord, I'm surrendering, Lord. I heard your voice. I'm rejecting the voice of Lady Hosea. I'm rejecting and denying the voice of the Catholic Church, amen. I'm rejecting and denying the voice of mystery Babylon and the beast and the image of the beast, amen. But I'm receiving the word of 
God of truth this morning, Lord. And those that have received it, Father, may you give them grace, Father, to be completely delivered, Father, from every spirit, Lord, from every, Lord, spirit that was undetected, Father, but may it be exposed and may it be, may they be redeemed by the blood and the anointing of the message this morning, Father, that they may live, Lord, true lives, Father, because, oh God, there is a truth, Lord. There is evidence, dear Lord Jesus, that this message is alive, Father God, that it produces real genuine, Lord, sons and daughters of God, produces, Lord, children, dear Lord God, that the world marvels, cannot even understand, dear Lord, but we have the solution, Father, Jesus Christ, the word of the hour, Father. So may you bless your church this morning, Lord. May you bless your servant, Father, that didn't compromise this morning, knowing that he was fighting, Father, day and night, dear Lord. Lord Jesus, but oh God, we are honored, dear Lord Jesus, and Father, for his faith this morning, Lord, may you double his portion, Father, may you supply a blessing upon him and his wife and his family that stays faithfully, Father, we appreciate you, dear God, thank you, Lord, just undertake for the church of God, dear God, take them through the week, dear Lord, they have something, Father, a substance, Lord, a faith, dear Lord, a reality, dear Lord, that we can go into the world and say, I am the born-again bride material of this hour that the world lacks father we just so thankful father may you bless us may you be with us father in the name of jesus christ we pray amen amen God bless you. Amen. all right i think we can rejoice with two songs while you come here and god bless you richly have a blessed week Till we see you, some of you, Wednesday, the other Sunday. Have a blessed and victorious week. Amen. Wonderful day. God bless you. Yes, oh yes. Oh yes. It's a wonderful day. Oh, me, oh, God, 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 God. God.
Nossa! 